This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With reports direct from Melbourne courtside and from our offices in New York City, it's the Australian Open edition of the Tennis.com podcast. And here's your host, Ed McGrogan. Hey everyone, Australian Open Podcast. I'm Ed McGrogan here with Steve Tinger in Melbourne. It's uh, very late over there, very early over here in the U.S. Uh, obviously that means both of us are kind of tired after the long day, but um, just recap the main events and just kind of get Steve's thoughts. The most recent happening, which just ended, um, Novak Djokovic beats Leighton Hewitt, eliminates the last Aussie player off in the draw. Um, looked like a very straightforward affair, sort of like Federer Tomic last night for about two and a half sets. And then it got real interesting, I thought, real fast. And I thought for a chance in the fourth set, this actually had the potential to really kind of spiral into something uh, that, that really takes the crowd and the scene into it and, uh, you know, becomes this really big match. And uh, so were you surprised at how that all turned out like that for Djokovic and Hewitt? Well, I wasn't. I didn't expect going into it just from the atmosphere and the fact that he would be fired up, and that I, I felt like Novak would be a little tight, a little nervous about that. Um, it's not just a normal match. Uh, I didn't think he would just roll for three sets. You know, at the end of the second set, by the end of the second set, of course, I thought I didn't think he would have any chance. But going into the match, you know, it wouldn't. It didn't. Wouldn't have surprised me if it went four and it got a, a little shaky for Novak but you're right um, I think we saw that he can you know we haven't seen a lot of his nerves in the last year maybe just against Federer in about you know maybe like the last 12 months not not much uh, not many shaky moments not many moments where he looked concerned or or where he was really missing and and things were weren't going his way the, I think the key moment came at one all in the fourth uh, he would have a break point that was when you know you could say well maybe you know it's okay if he loses a set. You know, any player loses will lose a set during a Grand Slam, but a set and a break, then that gets you know that gets real, that gets serious. And they played a good point. He would made him made him work, and Djokovic hit a bomb cross court forehand and uh, won the point with that. And, and that that sort of I felt like that sort of lifted the burden. He had two aces right after that and held, and then pretty quickly broke serve. But there you know there was a good um, ten games there where things were pretty interesting, but. You know, Novak reasserted himself, and, and you know, once he wasn't, once he wasn't tight, he was by far the superior player. Right, exactly. Um, so, to the that's the quarterfinal is all set on the men's side and the women's. You know, after that match, um, Novak's going to play Ferrer, Federer, Del Potro, and uh, you know the other. We have Nadal, Burdich tonight as well, and we have Murray going in. Um, and his opponent eludes me at the moment, but. Um, so that's how the Nishikori. men's uh, Nishikori, yes, who who beat uh, Sangate. Did you actually catch any of that? That was kind of um, sort of a uh, match 
a little bit forgotten after the Serena upset, which we'll get to, and then this match, too. Yeah, Sangha and um, Nishikori, I saw a, bunch, a lot of that through the middle of the match when it turned. You know, Nishikori just stayed steady, did his thing. He doesn't, he doesn't really go up or down too much that I notice. He's always basically solid. If you can beat him, you can beat him. But, but um, Sangha went from great to, you know, pretty bad. It looked like the heat was affecting him. He was agitated. He, was, he just wasn't sharp. Um, and Nishikori just, you know, made him play a lot of balls and Sangha. Sangha stopped, you know, sort of typical Sangha. He does something really effectively for a set and a half, and then, which was coming forward and, and, and being aggressive, and then stops doing that and just starts to rally, and that didn't work. Uh, I still expected him to come back and win the fifth set, but, you know, Nishikori was impressive. Uh, pretty, pretty good sharpshooting in that fifth set, and, he's in, and he didn't get tired, or, he, you know, he survived the match. So, um, you know, very big win for him. And, and Sangha just continues to be a guy who, like pretty much everybody outside of the top four, you, you know, whatever he does outside of a Grand Slam, you just can't say that it's going to translate to success at a Grand Slam. No, I mean, the biggest breakthrough for him was really before he became, uh, you know, I think the consensus top one or two guys outside the the, uh, the big four guys. So it is, that is a, a very surprising result for me. I know it was pretty hot out there from what I could hear and, and see basically over here, but uh, that is a pretty, that's a tough loss, I think, for him to swallow for sure. Um, and, and on to the women now, the the fourth round completed there, of course, too. Today, Laver actually had a pair of, a couple good women's matches, more competitive-wise, Um the two were Serena being upset by Makarova in straight sets. That's obviously the uh, the biggest story. And then at night, the first match was Sharapova um, getting by Lazicki in three sets. Um, if you just want to maybe touch on each of those two matches and uh, you know kind of what you took away from uh, both of those. Yeah, Serena was pretty sluggish. She didn't really say anything after the match, but it was clear that her I think I think it was clear that her ankle was bothering her. She didn't get up for her serve. Um, but she was also, you know, mentally not what we're used to at the end. She played, instead of getting fiercer at the end, she got actually played safer, which I don't know if I've ever seen that from Serena in the last game. She she sort of played just to get the ball back in, and she still missed. Uh, Makarova was very good. I noticed her in the first round, um, or the second round, sorry, against Kaya Kanepi, that, who had seemed like a dark horse in going into the tournament. Makarova beat her. She impressed me with her competitiveness in that match, just sort of general toughness, and she didn't, you know, she showed that today. She didn't wilt at all. Uh, there were a little bit of nerves, of course, but um, but very strong, hit the ball past Serena. It really wasn't just Serena um, missing, though, of course, it wasn't, you know, it was not a vintage performance from Serena. I guess what I take away from this is these are the types of matches Serena used to have commonly in the middle rounds of a Grand Slam and she would survive them. She would get down, you know, she would be down to the last game, the last point, and then she would come back and survive them. Just, I kept waiting for her to do that today. And then just thinking about it, I realized it's been a long time since she pulled one of those out. She she loses those now. So that's, you know, that's something that's something new or and different from, we may not be able to count on her to to always win even when she's playing poorly in those types of matches in the future. Something in, in some ways similar, I think, to what we're seeing really from Federer the past couple of years as he's approached 30. I know, I know it's not really apples to 
Apple's comparison with the two and of how many tournaments they play and their history, but we are seeing a lot of, you know, the things we used to take for granted really or just expect from um, Federer and Serena as they are both now 30. We lose you, Steve? No, I'm here. Sorry. Oh, okay. That's all right. That's all right. Um, why don't we just move on to the uh, – any last thoughts on Lazicki and Sharapova? Yeah, I thought, you know, that was a good match. Sharapova was impressive. Lazicki's a good player. Uh, you know, Sharapova started poorly, looked like she was going to go out, had some serving yips was missing, was sort of getting outplayed through the end of the first set by Lisicki. Then she turned it around. She played a great third set, um, really good ground stroking, really good, um, you know, aggressive, but but um, but consistent, you know, forceful, but not overdoing it, uh, and really beat a solid player. So I would favor her over Makarova to make the semis for the sort of showdown with Kvitova. Right. Last thing I'll leave you, um, this could be the second tournament in a row or a round away from seeing all the big four men in the semis once again. Uh, I think it would actually be the third out of the last four slams. Uh, do you see any of the uh, top four guys losing in the quarterfinals? The one that I could see um, is Federer, just because, you know, not, you know obviously he's, he's playing pretty well, but Del Potro is a guy who, who can beat him? I don't see Nishikori beating Murray. I don't see Burdich beating Nadal. I don't see Ferrer beating Djokovic. So, but Del Potro has a, has the game on the right day to beat Federer, as we've seen. We'll see it tomorrow if it happens. Um, that's all for right now, and we'll be back tomorrow with another podcast. For Steve Tigner, I'm Evan Grogan. Thanks for listening. You've been enjoying Tennis.com's weekly podcast. Thanks for listening. For all the latest news and events, head over to Tennis.com. 